Welcome to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, best-selling author and life coach. Join me each week to learn more about the strategies, tools, and mindset needed to arise from the overwhelm and live a joyful life you love. To learn how you can work with me further or to get your copy of my book, Arise and Shine, check out www.juliannekirkland.com. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode because the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Tamara Andrus is a human sparkler and top thought leader in spiritual entrepreneurship, an international speaker and three times best-selling author. She's the founder and chief evangelist of Fit and Faith Media Company. As an ordained minister, she is co-missioned to activate purpose-driven leaders personally and professionally with their broadcast and messages and business through publishing, podcasting, and play. She's an event host to annual conferences and retreats that unleash identity and freedom around the world. Her Fit and Faith podcast is globally ranked in the top 1% of the spirituality and business charts with over 250 interviews of founders, innovators, and trailblazers. And her most treasured role is wife and mama. And you will surely never leave her presence without an added measure of joy. I am so excited to welcome our special guest today, Ms. Tamara Andrus. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Next Level Faith Podcast. I'm your host, Julianne Kirkland, and I am so excited for today's guest, Miss Tamara Andrus. And oh, guys, I have to tell you. Okay, so we met through a mutual friend, and he was like, you've got to meet Tamara. Y'all are like <laughs> soul sisters. Y'all are both little human sparklers, and you have the same energy, and you love Jesus, and you love people, and you've just got to meet her. So, you know, naturally I went on the Instagram and did some stalking. Um, and I did, I was like, oh, this is my kind of people. She's amazing. She's so joyful. She's so sparkly. Like she's real, you know? And so, um, I sent her an email and I, you know, I, I owned up that I had stalked her on the Instagram. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> like I wasn't being, you know, gross about it, but I totally <laughs> let her know that's what was happening. Um, and she was so kind and was just amazing person. So I'm so excited that you get to meet her today. Welcome, Tamara. Hi, I love it. No shame in the game, right? I think it's so important for us to realize that relationship building is just different these days. But what an amazing asset and tool to have like a peek behind somebody's, you know, life in the Instagram, TikTok, whatever world I'm in all the platforms. So you could have gone really deep. But ultimately, I don't want anyone to think from the joy from the human sparkler, from the quote unquote highlight reel that I didn't come from a place, right? Or that I'm not dealing with something even now. And so I am very much about serving out authenticity and truth telling and doing it from a place of joy because I have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and joy is my strong, um, my strong suit. And it's the thing that people told me since I was a little girl that I had access to. And it wasn't until I was a 30 year old woman that I finally figured it out. So I'm excited to share it with your community. That's amazing. And I'm so glad you already went there. I'm so glad you already went there because that's the thing. Like, I want to know. So, Tamara, I pretty much help um, arising entrepreneurs, right? Those who are just getting into it or just figuring out how to connect God as their CEO in their business and what they're doing in their life. And so before you were, you know, 
in the top 1% of podcasts, before you were a three times best-selling author, before you had these retreats and events and all that, like take us back to arising, Tamara, and talk a little bit about the things that you've had to overcome to get to where you are now. Yeah, it's so critical. And this is like my favorite conversation because I, I still feel like I'm a rising Tamara. <laughs> I still feel like I'm nowhere. So I'm real. I love when people put the titles out front of, a, of an introduction, but it's the, the knowing that like that for me doesn't uh, quotate success. Um, it, it has an element of sustenance to it, which I'm so grateful for, but I know that there is more. I know that the Lord has more in store for me and I can't wait to discover what that is. But I think it's important for us to realize that there is absolutely a backstory, that there is a messy success story, that everyone has taken one step after another step after another step of an uphill journey. And people talk about the mountains and the valleys. I'm actually wearing one of my uh, favorite brands right now that God is greater than the mountains and the valleys but I honestly think that a valley exists at every mountaintop too, because they're all just false summits. There's somewhere more that we have to go. So for me and entrepreneurship and that specific journey, I literally have had a mic in my hand since I was little. I was on little shows in our local community uh, with kid talk and I would do the morning announcements and I was in the student government and would speak on stage and share all, all these different things from a microphone. So podcasting is just seemed natural to me. It was the first thing that I did in this current endeavor when I got back into entrepreneurship. Uh, and then when I was in college, I went to business school and the course of action through that was my junior year. We developed a business plan on a million dollar budget. And I actually was offered an opportunity to start that afterwards. And so I never went to a job fair, never made a resume. Me and my mom were like, let's go. The six other people in my group were like half dudes. So of course they didn't want to deal with diapers and pregnant women, which is what the business was about. And the other two girls were like Wall Street bound. And so they didn't want to think about maternity either at that point in their life. So I went and I started about seven different companies in my 20s. Um, they all stemmed around what it is that ended up actually taking root. Um, we had a brick and mortar store called Modern Maternity. And that is now called Mom and Me and has since been sold to a new owner. And then we also helped develop a nursing bra line from Australia and brought it to the American market, the UK market in Canada. And so I got a really cool experience of, of redesigning a nursing bra and bringing that to market and being an entrepreneur. And now, mind you, those seven businesses and those two notable ones that were where my hustle and grind really set in were also in the midst of me getting married and having two babies. So you can hear the hustle in that story. You can hear the grind in that story. And I think that was probably the first point in my life where I felt friction towards my entrepreneurial endeavors besides the finances. Finances are always friction, doesn't matter what layer you're at. So I could keep going, but I want to give you an opportunity to ask questions if you're thinking of anything. No, that's so true. And I'm glad you said that because some people think like, oh, well, once I arrive at this level, once I arrive at this level, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> One, nope. that should never be your goal is to like arrive, you know, because like your book, you're always becoming. Yeah. You know? And that's so good. So, all right. You had incredible success very early on in the beginning of like developing these companies. What was your faith journey like during this time? Did you have those moments where you like, God, I'm not good enough for this. Lord, I don't feel like, you know, that imposter syndrome that so many people struggle with. Like talk, like, let's get real, Tamara. Talk about yeah. what was really going on. In the, in so the let me talk to you about the faith journey. And so I was not raised in a, a quote unquote Christian 
going and I'll say Christian going, that means like you go to church on Sunday. That's not what my story was. And my, my parents both believe in God and they taught us the Lord's prayer and we would go on holidays, but that was pretty much the extent of it. And so I didn't really have a super strong faith until I was introduced to um, Jesus camps or, or vacation Bible school, things like that, young life specifically in high school. And even then I realized that I was experiencing more religion than I was relationship, even though they advocate for relationship with the Lord. For me, it was really show. It was uh, a really, because it was a popularity element. I was there because it was fun and my friends were there and I love to be on stage. So I became a leader because why not? And I, I'm really good at like putting it on. Mm. And so that's why when people talk to me now about my success or, or my social media or my joy, I want them to know that it actually came from a place of utter void. It came from a place of false reality towards my happiness. And I was just wearing a mask because I was a people pleaser, because I was achievement driven, because I was told to be the good girl. And so in the limelight, I was doing all of those things. I was the good girl and I was checking off the list. As you heard, I had the, the youngest house in the neighborhood. We had a white picket fence, two new cars. I was an entrepreneur. My husband's an entrepreneur. We had a boy first, a girl second. Barbie and Ken was literally nicknames people gave us. And meanwhile, Ken was plastic. Barbie was plastic. I had no real heartbeat and surely no connection to God. I was doing it all out of my own flesh or lack thereof. And I got to a place one day where I pulled into my driveway and my little girl who I just got done weaning from nursing, she was barely nine months old. She started waddling early, weaned earlier than I would have hoped, but I pulled into the driveway expecting her to come running to me. And instead she goes running back to Dada. And I remember thinking, wow, is, is this what I've worked for? Is this really what life is all about? Is this what I prayed for? And, and not even knowing what prayer really was when I was a little girl. And I, instead of pursuing my daughter as we are pursued daily recklessly by the Lord, I went in in that void chasm and I started cycling through is this life? Is this what I want out of life? My husband in the meantime kept telling me these words. He kept saying, you're a woman of integrity. I love your integrity. And he kept saying that word and I had never even really processed what that word meant, but it was like a knife going into my gut every single time because I was not being a woman of integrity. My character was not aligned with my action. It surely wasn't aligned with my faith. And very shortly after that, I had the rug pulled out from all of those businesses, from every element of identity and the mask ripped off. And I had a, a forced quit to my life. And I say forced one, because I feel like it was my only option. And it was the only option my heart wanted, but it was not the flesh desire of, I, I wanted to quit. I just wanted to literally crawl in a hole. I had suicidal ideation. I was super depressed because everything that I had cultivated from the outside looking in was now gone. Mm. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been in a place where like everything you've built feels completely void, completely dry? Why am I in this marriage? What do my, do my kids even really love me? Am I even a good mom? Am I even a good sister? I'm not even really a friend. Uh, is the money all that matters? Is success really this boring? Like there was so much that was going on. And so uh, that's when I met Jesus. And I enter feel like- <laughs> Enter Jesus. <laughs> the savior right who comes in all muck grime mess up miss uh failure void chasm whatever you want to call it 
he was there and I was finally at a place where there was nothing between him and I, mm. and specifically shame. I had to deal with shame in a way that I never even knew existed. And so uh, I, I really advocate for it now. It's the mission behind everything I do to obliterate shame and then activate purpose because no one can start a business if they're still carrying shame, not one that's effective anyway. Oh, that's so true. And something that, I mean, it all stood out to me. I was just like captivated by what you're talking about because even if somebody hasn't experienced those extremes, they've dealt with shame. I mean, yep. it was introduced in the garden. Like yep. it, it's an inherent part of being human you know, that, that we're going to come across that at some point. Yep. And so I love how, you know, in your, in your darkest seeming time, Jesus came in, you yeah. know, people think, oh no, it's, it's too dark. Oh, he doesn't want this messy part. No, 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 no. <laughs> like that's, and that's the thing, you know, go back in Genesis and it's like in God spoke everything into creation with his word. But mm -hmm. when it came to that six day and it came to making man, he got down in the dirt with his yeah. hand, you on. know, like he rolled up his sleeves and he got in the dirt and created us. And that's, oh, it just gets me every single time because it's like, you can't go too far mm -mm. from him and he's so always good. coming. But another thing that stood out to me was, um, when you talked about the limelight, because I'm always talking about the lamplight, mm, you know, that's and, the, good. and it just, so it just painted such that beautiful picture of like, in our own flesh, how we're in that limelight. But when we are aligned with what God is calling us to do, and we're right there with him one step at a time in the lamplight, how different it is. So what happened next? Yeah, that, oh gosh, it makes me think of my quiet time every morning because I do it in the middle of the night, right? Like it's like so dark outside. It's not, the first light isn't even there, but the lamplight is there and my Bible time and my coffee time, like it's just such a sweet season um, to be able to sit in that space. But again, that was an evolution in and of itself because you don't go from like not knowing Jesus to like being curled up with your coffee in the Bible. Right. right. <laughs> that does not usually how it works. Now, if you, you seek, yes. And I did. So I went from feeling this complete chasm to having a supernatural encounter with the Lord in my living room alongside my husband and who we call our fairy godmother, who was there testifying on, on her behalf, but on behalf of the Lord, because she saw two people who were completely broken. This was the first time she ever shared her testimony as a 50 year old woman. And it was the exact testimony we were walking through at that moment. And so I was completely just enamored by who I had falsely idolized, right? We, we idolize people and their perfection when it's really the perfection of heaven that has just blanketed and coated their life in so many glorious ways. And so he told me, and I was fully seen, I was fully known, and he said specifically, and you are still loved. And that still loved, it reminds me of like, be still and know that nothing I can do, no works, no business, no no title, no mothering, none of that can, can do anything for him to love me anymore. And it is not by my works that he loves me. It's not by your works that he loves me. It's not by your mistakes that he loves you any more or any less. He just simply loves you. He made you just like me now knowing through the lens of my kids, like, gosh, I understand the love of the father. And that's still only an element of love. And so I pursued, I pursued Julianne for the first time in my life, the Lord, unlike any time I ever had before. And it wasn't on the accord of some Bible plan or some devotional or some leader 
telling me, and this month we're going to read about. No, it was me seeking. So I actually went and um, started going to church on every possible occasion that there was. I was there three or four times a week, any women's Bible study, any leadership study, anything. I also went to a year-long worship school. I went to several conferences for the first time, and I also got my ordination in minister's licensing over the course of about three years, and also was a stay-at-home mom. And that was something I never imagined that I would do. I was such a gung-ho, like literally lived dollar sign to dollar sign, ping on my phone, ping on my phone, email on my phone. And so to like release all of that, which that was my word this past year, but to release all of that and sit in the presence of God for the first time and to extract everything that had been put inside of me from a little girl by the world in order for my light, this joy that you see now, this energy that you see and can feel and hear through the microphone in order for that to have freedom. And so instead of not having words, not living in integrity, not even knowing who I was when I looked in the mirror, I had no idea. I had, I literally lived life for everyone besides myself and I didn't know who myself actually was. I went to therapy, which is another huge part of, of my story and a part of always becoming because I believe we are so good as a society at like hiring a coach or hiring a, a dermatologist or an OB or, or a specialist in the field in which they are a field. And every single one of us has a brain and so there should be no shame connected to our mental health. Right. And so I'm such an advocate for that because there was no way I would have gotten out of the mindset that I was in, the limiting beliefs that I was in, and surely not my shame if it wasn't for our incredible therapist. And so my husband and I learned intimacy in a way we never knew. We understood covenant love for the first time in our life. We had lights on sex. So talk about lamp on it. Like we had lights on sex for the first time without alcohol. We've been nearly four years free from alcohol. I don't listen to secular music. I, I had to change my entire life and it started with changing my heart. Oh, that's so good. I mean, yes. 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 <laughs> yes. All of it. Yes. Because that's the thing is that, you know, people are like, I, I want, I want to have this fruit. I want to enjoy this harvest. What seeds are you planting? Like, yeah. where are you planting it? What are you allowing to water it? What are you allowing to come into your space? Like, those are all choices that we have to make and are blessed to be able to make, you know? And that's the thing is that you can't be Oh, I'm surrounded by drama. And okay, well, what do you what do you watch on TV? Do you watch yep. TV? What are you listening to? Oh, yep. I'm watching the Real Housewives and I'm listening to this. I'm like, ah. <laughs> now I was hashtag Bachelor Nation for a long time. <laughs> and it 100 percent skewed my awareness of what love actually is and what I was anticipating or expecting from my husband. Mm-hmm. So everything is planting a seed. Everyone is following someone. Everyone is being influenced by someone. My question is, who is that for you? And what can you remove that's going to actually help your stress level? It's actually going to help you have your scales removed to the promise of God in your life today, because you are blessed and highly favored right now in this moment. You don't need to be anywhere. You don't need to do anything. You don't need to go anywhere. It's who you are. It's your identity. And so I am so passionate about people understanding that, like, take away the smoke and mirrors, take away the mask, take away the physical things that we hold so tightly to. And I had to do that. We actually did a renovation about a year prior to me having this this, um, wide open spaces experience of my identity. 
And in that renovation, I had no idea that it was going to have such revelation to my next steps in life mm. because we had a house that was like one story ranch and there were walls in every part of the, the experience. You were in like six rooms, even though afterwards you were in one room. Right. We had all these wall spaces and corners and cubbies and there was so much on the walls, right? Because if there's a blank wall, you have to decorate have to it. I mean, it. <laughs> why not? Right. And now we have all of those like picture frame things. And there's like so many things happening on your one picture wall. And I realized afterwards that the openness, the cleanliness, the raw, the awareness, I could see my children and I could see my husband. There was no like escaping what was. And had that not been the case when I was finally like wide open on the floor and letting everything come to surface, come to light things, you guys, that I didn't even know. There's something mentally and physically and emotionally that we can do with trauma mm -hmm. that actually allows us not to recall the trauma, most of which is based in suppression mechanisms. You think about like Pandora's closet um, or, or putting the, the worm inside of the box. And then when you open it, it just like explodes, right? <laughs> well, I had put so much inside of that and it was actually rooted in sexual trauma that occurred when I was little and was in a cycle for every year thereafter and pornography, cyber sex, sexual um, encounters with the opposite sex, um, uh, everything that you could imagine for the most part. And it, it plagued me. It plagued me all the way into my marriage. And as a woman trying to understand your identity and having your sexuality be a huge element of that, rather than your body being a vessel for the Lord, mm -hmm. it, it really stifled me every time I stood in front of the mirror, which is daily we do this. Every time I spoke to anyone, even my own, like, like females, women, my own mirror, I had to like be something that I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And that's when I stopped wearing eye makeup. That's when I stopped just like, I stopped doing the things that culture tells me to do in order to be who culture wants me to be. Instead, I got to be who the Lord wants me to be. And there's such freedom in that because it doesn't require anything that culture tells you you need. That's right. And I mean, you hit the nail on the head. We, we shine because we're reflecting the glory and the brilliance of the Lord. Like that's where the shine comes from, yep. you know? And I talk about this story of going to my grandmother's house when I was little and like, she would, we would get to um, polish her silver. Like that was a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I remember when she would pull it out of that, you know, crushed velvet case and it would be kind of like grayish looking. And I'm like, really? Like this, this is what gets you so excited. Um, yeah. It's not even shiny. Uh, but she talked about how, you know, you have to use the right materials and you have to use the right amount of pressure to mm -hmm. release that tarnish. And then the shine comes through because no matter that it was in this crushed velvet box, no matter that it was put away in her China cabinet, like the conditions and circumstances of the outside still managed to creep in and tarnish mm -hmm. that silver. And so, so that's the thing. If we're not on guard, if we're not aware, then that's exactly what's happening. And it comes so small. And it's just like you were saying, like eye makeup, you know, just the little things that a lot of people wouldn't think anything about. Right. They don't. And no shame to that. Them. Right. Like exactly. I know falsies are all the thing. Every time I put them on, I'm like, ah, like it's, it's just too much <laughs> for me. I love it on other people, which is why I tried them on. And it just, it's, it's not for me. I don't judge people, but my, my 
process in that. And even for business owners, right? Like we share that niche where I love to see people activated is in order for them to get to that place, they have to be willing to bear all and bear all starts from a place of being bare. And we just aren't ever there. Nobody's taught us what that looks like. How do you come to the Lord and sacrifice all when we've always been given things as gifts and we never give back to God? Mm -hmm. It's a different mentality when you think of Old Testament and the things that they had, they would sacrifice it at his feet. We're, We're not really asked to do that physically like they were in the Old Testament. And so I feel like it's never exampled. Everything is hoarding. Everything is more, 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 more. And God's like, give it back to me give it back to me, give it back to me, release, release, release. And we as society just simply don't know how. And so there is this process of becoming, even as a business owner, as I think when people are in that newbie stage of like, I've been deposited something amazing inside of my spirit. And that happened after I was able to bear all, after I was able to surrender my ideas for God ideas, because good ideas are eventually run bad, right? And so when it was God's idea, I had no, no similar hustle because I'm like, well, God's going to do it right now. Don't get me wrong. I, I do the work right. and I don't do it out of a <laughs> place of like hustle. hang out on the couch eating, you know, Cheetos. Bonbons, right? This is a real conversation that I have with clients yesterday. They're like, well, I think I just need to go to the word and sit in my comfy couch and I'll just pray again. I'm like, uh, no, I mean, right. yes, do that thing. Yeah. Let then, that be a place in which you flow, but you still must act. No one's going to flood to your door. Right. I made this hilarious TikTok the other day. I think I laughed more than TikTok did. And so <laughs> did the people that knew me, but it doesn't matter. I was having this awareness that like so many other genres of business will go and knock on your door. Jehovah's Witness will come and knock on my door because they are so sold out for what they believe. The solar panel guy so sold out for what he's selling. One, because it's his lifeblood to be able to feed his family. So there's a financial connection to that. But I really be believe that the best salesman, my husband's a salesman through and through. He could sell ice to an Eskimo. He sells me sometimes. I'm like, stop selling me, babe. Just tell me. Okay. Love you. But he he's phenomenal at it. And it's because there is a rooted element of belief, Mm. but people who want to start businesses nowadays, they just think by making a post that that's enough belief for somebody else to believe in them. And that's simply not going to be the case, no matter what flow from heaven you have in the download deposit that he's given you. If you are not willing to consistently show up sold out, no one's going to believe what you're selling. Right. Absolutely. And don't be afraid. I was just having this conversation with a client the other day. Don't be afraid to like invite people to the thing that you're doing. Don't think that, (laughs) oh, you just put a post out there that like, that's it. No one even sees your post. Let's get real. The algorithm is preventing you from actually being seen and taking traction. So we have to get so creative. And the coolest part is we are connected to the most creative being ever. And I feel like anytime I have a God deposit when it comes to creativity, those are the things that feel seamless. Mm -hmm. My burden is light. My yoke is easy, right? In this experience. And there is massive flow. And the word flow is connected to influence, which is, let's raise our hands out of whatever 
every business leader, ministry leader, all of us want, we want influence. But a lot of times I think that the flow can't be fulfilled because our character isn't created yet, Mm. right? He cannot give you what you're asking for if you're not willing to obediently and consistently be characterized in the way that God wants you to have character, be in integrity, experience the fruits of the spirit, long suffering and patience. They're the fruits that nobody wants to hang out with. But if you're a business owner, you better get ready. You better get ready because it's a patience game. It's a long suffering entrepreneurship. I just made this book, The Joyful Entrepreneur, which hit bestseller in, you know, 24 hours with 20 other authors. And it was, it's not about this like high, low, high, low, high, low. It is consistency. We serve a God of consistency and that's what he's asking for us. That's right. That's exactly right. Like he's like, I'm, I'm looking for those that I can trust with this amazing gift, which is the key to heaven's storehouse, which we have full access to right here, right now on earth, you know? Oh, that's so good. So talk a little bit about this grow for God conference that you have coming up in November. I'm not going to be able to attend in person, but I am getting my virtual ticket today and we will have all those links in the show notes. But talk a little bit about how you got involved in that and, and what you're doing with that. Yeah. So it's called grow your business for God's sake. And that's a command and a demand at the same time it's needed. Right? So there's a little play on words there. And the reason being is it's not just a place for you to come and get motivated. It's a place for you to come to get cultivated and then to activate thereafter. I love motivational speakers. I love leadership training. I love all these things that um, speak to emotional growth, mental growth, physical growth even, but it's this knowing that my action plan, my training you up is not for you to be a mini disciple of me. I want you to be a disciple of Christ. And therefore, all of us who are coming and representing, even if you're sitting in the seats, you are called to be Christ-like. And in that Christ-like experience and example that's happening, you get to create individually your own rhythms of grace. You get to create your own plan alongside the Lord. And in those plans, in the goal setting that we all do, he will make himself known. But it takes, like we said, just one step at a time. And so this is an open door opportunity for people to come back into alignment. It's a vertical alignment before a horizontal give and before a horizontal ask. As business owners, we are asking people to invest in us, whatever it is that we do, whatever it is that we sell, whatever it is that we promote. But I don't think that we're willing to put the investment back in to us. I heard Ron Carpenter, who is Hope Carpenter, who will be speaking at the conference, husband, they run a a massive mega church. They have nations um, that they deposit into daily um, when it comes to a global ministry and a business, they've got it. She's figured out in a lot of different ways. And he said, people come to me all the time to ask for sponsorship. And my biggest question is, do they sponsor themselves? Mm. And so I don't think that that happens enough. I think we're looking for a handout. And God's like, we just need a hand up. We need to be the ones who are actually going to raise our hand and say, I'll do it. I'll go. I'll, I'll do the hard thing first so that your community can follow and you will have a place of speaking, a, a place of experience and a place of flow influence for you to be able to show up. So it's about commissioning. It's about commissioning marketplace ministers. And I cannot wait for people to get in the room again. This is the third annual conference, the first in which we as a company, Fit and Faith Media, is hosting by ourselves. So 
Let's not put any false false lashes on this one, y'all. It's been hard. Hosting a conference is hard. It's not about making money. And so what I keep telling myself, it's about souls, not seats. Mm. And whether it's the most intimate experience and intimate, there's already 200 people that'll be in the room. So what that means to you might be 20 people, might be two, but this is intimate for us. And we are so excited to steward that intimacy and see how souls forevermore will be changed. Last year, we saw marriages healed. Last year, we saw men worship for the first time in their life. We saw people who were praying over something that a year later that has come full to manifestation because of those prayers. Yeah. Businesses that started, businesses that multiplied. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable to see the testimonies that have come out of it. And I'm believing that for this year as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, it takes me back to, I'm just picturing you with your Bible and your, in your lamplight and your coffee and you're, you're seeking the Lord. And this is an, an activation of that. You know, mm -hmm. you're teaching other people how to really seek, like what, what is that? What does that entail? So many people seem like I want, I want this, but it's too hard right? It seems, it seems like it's too much that I can't do it. it. I'm not enough, right? All of those lies that, that the enemy has told us and that we've believed and we've confirmed through all of our circumstances, but you and the other speakers are going to be there and you're like, no, but look, you know, it's like peeling back that veil and like slip behind the scenes. Yes. We're all out here truly seeking and we're knocking and we're finding because that's the promise. And he fulfills it every time. Oh, so I talk all the time about like people staying in their comfort zones, right? We think about Peter, if he never got out of the boat, like he was commanded. Mm -hmm. I believe that when people are connected to God, whether you have a lamplight moment in your own day, whether you have a huge um, fallout moment in church, whether you have that encounter with Lord in your living room, like I did, that God is speaking and he is alive and he wants you to hear his message and he wants you to know his voice. And the only way for us to follow suit there after the command is to say yes, mm -hmm. is to stand up. And nothing that God called anyone to, not even one time, not even Jesus, not even his only son was easy. Every single thing had hard elements to it because otherwise, what is it teaching? Right. What is he training us up to receive, right. right? If everything was just a big present, we would be, we would take everything God said for granted. And I don't wanna be that child. I don't wanna be that, I want more. Give me another miracle, give me another command. And the biggest thing that I see in the Christian community above all is this idea of comfort. And comfort is complacency. And they're sitting in a place of saying, well, let me just seek the Lord one more time. They're looking for confirmation when God has already confirmed what it is that they're intended to do in their calling. And they're standing outside of the, the vision. They're literally putting themselves in the boat day by day by day and saying, not me, not God, no way. Give me another sign, Lord. Give me another sign. And he's like, no, I already, already told did. you what to do. Get up, get going. So it's an opportunity for people to get up, to get going, to come back into alignment, to feel that fire again, to be excited and ignited about what God is calling you to do, to see other people doing it. And we don't do it perfect. We are totally open book about that. We, we are human just like the rest of them, but don't, don't put yourself in a place of, I can't, I won't, I shouldn't, it's not possible. Because when you do, you're blocking somebody else's blessing. Oh, and that's so true. I won't, I won't stand for it. Oh.
It's so true. Ah, all the things, Tamara. Yes, again, yes. <laughs> this <laughs> podcast name, yes. Period. <laughs> yes. Exclamation point. Period. T- with a T at the end. <laughs> yes. Awesome. awesome. All right. Are you ready for speed round? I'm nervous, but I'm excited. Don't be nervous. It's great. It's great. You already said yes. So it's happening. All right. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Very serious. Ready? <clears throat> tacos or pizza? <laughs> yes. Tacos. Tacos. Yeah. I had, I had somebody say, um, neither. And I was like, what? what? Oh, nope. nope. Are mean? you human? Are you human? <laughs> what are like, you I don't understand. My I husband's Mexican. My husband's Mexican. So if I said pizza, we'd have a problem in this household. Yeah. I've got Frida on my arm. That's my Mexican influence. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. What is one place you want to go to on your bucket list? Ooh, Israel. Oh. I want to walk. I want to walk it out. Oh, I just got chills like from my feet all the way up. Oh, just cannot wait that because it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, or who's the bigger disciplinarian? You or your husband? Oh, my husband. For are, sure. Are you like the, the pushover a little bit? Uh, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I was going to say for my son, I'm just imagining the eyes that he gives me and how he rubs my face. And he's like, mama, you know, and like, he's my little boy. I can't help it. And then my daughter's just like, she's such an angel. So yeah, it's really hard to say no to her because she's so giving. She does so much for other people that anytime she wants anything, I'm like, yes, yes absolutely. What, what do you need? It's amazing. Of yeah. So yeah, Dada, Dada's voice, he like, he can do it. I want the thing, but I can't get it to happen because I have a pushover. So I just tell him and then he makes it happen. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. What is um, one thing that you do daily that you feel has really been a game changer for you and your business? Hmm. Golly, there's so many things. My immediate thought, I go to bed by nine o'clock. I'm just really that was my immediate like literally, that might not feel like a business tactic to you, but like I give so much throughout the day that I'm done by nine o'clock, but I am also up hanging out with the Lord by about four thirty. Wow. So that time, that time of rest is critical. That time of dreaming is amazing. God gives me so much when I'm falling asleep and when I'm in that like 3 a.m. to 4 a.m. like mid mid awake moment. Yeah. So I think sleep is is what keeps me going and keeps me joyful and keeps me energized to do what the Lord has called me to. Oh, that's awesome. I love that. What is your go to verse or book of the Bible? Oh man, I'm really hanging out with Ruth lately. Me and her are like soul sisters, really having fun with her. My favorite verse has always been, do not be anxious about anything, but by everything and through prayer and petition, present your requests to the Lord and he will give you your heart's desire. And so uh, that's the first verse that I ever memorized. And what I think is so cool, we talked about it before is, even though I didn't have the connection and the relationship that I do with the Lord now, those early years where I was being exposed to his word, where I was being exposed to his truth, where I was sing songing those young life tunes, right. I, I memorized every single one of them. I know them. And so right. when it was time to come back into the knowing of who God was, he already was like, remember, yeah. remember, I already showed you. I already taught you. I've already been good. Now just believe remember and believe that that is true. And so I, I think it's so important for us as mamas, as, as entrepreneurs, as people who have voices and influence, and, and we all do, nobody is excluded from that, 
it's that whatever seed you're sowing, they will reap a harvest. And so that can be a positive harvest or it can be deadly. And so to be mindful of what it is that you're seeding your children. And so for us, we, we raise our kids in a Christian home and we do so many things to hopefully help them have a relationship sooner than I did. But I know that God's going to work it out regardless. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Okay. What is a practical tool or piece of advice, motivation that you would give to the arising entrepreneur right now who is like, I just don't know if I can. Hmm. I would say that you can't Hmm. (laughs) for a couple of reasons. One, you don't believe in yourself. Two, you're not relying on his big can because he can, he is the great I am and therefore he will. It's not a matter of if he's able, it's when he decides. And the last part is you're focusing on yourself and therefore ego, pride, greed, lust, all of those things will get in the way. And so I highly encourage you to develop a team and that team might not be, you're like, I don't have finances. I can't hire a team. It doesn't have to look like that. My best friend worked alongside me and has since day one. And I didn't pay her for years. I, I paid her in hugs and lattes and, and dinners and nails and, and trips. And now we get to travel the world together and go on international retreats with women. And she is the color to everything that we create with on our canvas. And I think if you invest in people, Uh, you stop focusing on yourself and it becomes a collective mission and God always uses people in tandem and in collection. He believes in kingdom and there's no isolation in kingdom. And so he is a father, a son, and a Holy Spirit. So even he couldn't do it by himself. Oh, y'all didn't see it, but I'm like air pumping. (laughs) Air pump. Raise the roof. Raise the roof like the 90s. Let's go. I am wearing my 90s jean jacket. So we are... (laughs) All the fields, all the fields. Amazing. Cameron, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it very, very much. I am so excited. I got to get you on my show too. So we'll have like a tandem, a duel off. You got to put you in the hot seat so I can ask you all these fun questions too. It's been such a treasure and I'm so excited to get connected to your community. Yes, yes. So again, we will have all of Tamara's links so that you can get to know her. Um, She is just such a gem to follow on social media. I'm very particular about who I allow on my team, to be honest. (laughs) You have to be. That's the thing that people forget, right? We talked about what your eyes see, what your ears hear, what you're eating, what you're smelling, what you're touching. All of it matters. And social media, you have to curate that. That's a boundary place, create boundaries in your life and see what blessings come from it. That's right. That's right. So that's, she's that's safe it. to follow people. <laughs> say that. Follow me is what I just said. Actually, <laughs> interestingly, I did an unfollow campaign for a while. I was literally like preaching and teaching about why you should unfollow me. And it, it obviously created awesome traction, which was kind of the intention, but not the intention at all. Energetic alignment. I love that, but I flow to you. And so that's, that's unfollow me, unfollow me and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I love it. I love it. Tamar, thank you so much again. And remember the best version of you begins on your next level of faith. Bye for now.